Hello everyone and welcome to Crimax. I'm your host, Ryan Ruxtell, and on today's episode we will be discussing the disappearance and murder of Amber Tuckerell. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to state that the information being shared in today's episode will mainly be focusing on the disappearance and the details involving the investigation. In regards to the murder, I will not be going into much detail. If you'd like to further look into this case in particular, you can look to the websites I've listed in the description below for more information. Before we begin this episode, I would like to share some statistics that might give you a better perspective on the severity of this topic about to be discussed and why it should be discussed more. Missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, also commonly known as MMIWG, is a national crisis. Research done has shown that between 1997 to 2000, homicide rates for Indigenous women were nearly seven times higher than that of non-Indigenous women. This problem has still yet to be solved over 20 years later. In Canada, from 2001 to 2014, the average rate of Indigenous female homicides was four times higher than that of homicides involving non-Indigenous female victims. Statistics Canada has produced four full crime reports leading up to 2014, and those detailed reports had shown that in four years from 2014 to 2017, 130 Indigenous women were murdered and 142 were charged with homicides. This has made Indigenous women 5.8% of Canada's homicide victims as of 2014-2017. On August 17, 2010, the day before Amber Tucker had gone missing, a recent friend she had made at the Unity House had invited the young mother to accompany her on a flight to Fort McMurray, Edmonton. Amber's mother, Vivian, had her doubts about this trip, but Amber downplayed the worry she had and headed south with her 14-month-old baby, Jacob, and newly made friend. To save money, both Amber, her son, and new friend decided to book a motel room in nearby Nisku, Alberta. Nisku Place Motel was close to Edmonton International Airport and is where they checked in with the intentions to travel on to Edmonton later. Later that next day, August 18th, around 7.30 to 8.30 p.m., Amber had left the motel, leaving her son Jacob in the care of her newly made friend. Many sources have differed in the reasoning as to why she would leave her son. Some say she went out to buy food, and others say she was excited to visit Edmonton, and she had decided to go ahead there earlier. Something that was confirmed, though, was that she had been hitchhiking previously before entering the vehicle with an unknown man. When Amber didn't return to the motel the next day on August 19th, her newly made friend had become worried and decided to contact Amber's mother, Vivian. As it is out of character for Amber to not be in contact with her mother, Vivian had become immediately alarmed and contacted the RCMP. She was shocked by the police officer's response as they thought Amber was just out partying and would get in touch with her after 24 hours. Vivian just agreed with their assumptions as she knew Amber would never leave her son Jacob with someone she barely knew.
Amber's mother had fought hard against the police officer's assumptions to get her daughter back on the missing person list. But August 28, 2010, a few days after Amber had been put on the missing persons list, did the RCMP constable recommend for her to be taken off, as they received reports of potential sightings and social media activity. It has been said that the officer then took no action towards these reports to verify if they were true. He even went as far as to say a few days later to a local newspaper that there was no reason to assume Amber was in danger. After Amber had been taken off the missing persons list, a decision her family felt compromised the investigation. It took Vivian a month to get her daughter back on the missing person list, and this was later proven to be one of the many problems Amber's family would go through. Amber's family had later learned that the possessions Amber had left in the motel were never processed and were destroyed without their knowledge. After two long years of fighting back and forth with the RCMP, Amber's family still had no leads on what had happened to Amber. In August of 2012, the RCMP had finally released something that could help the case. One minute of a 17-minute long call Amber had had with her brother on the night she disappeared. The audio clip, which Paul Tuckerow says had been in the RCMP's possession for over a year before it was released, was shared in hopes to seek out new information and leads. I'm going to play the audio clip now. It can be a bit hard for some people to listen to the conversation both Amber and the unknown man had, so if you feel you aren't wanting to listen, you can skip the podcast a minute forward. Where are we by? We're just heading south of uh, Beaumont, or north of Beaumont. We're heading north of Beaumont. Yo, where are we going? No, this is a... Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. You better not take me anywhere I don't want to go. I want to go into the city. Jeez. Yo, we're not going in the city, are we? We're going no, we're not. Yeah. Then where are these roads going to? 50th Street. 50th Street. Are you sure? Absolutely. Yo, where are we going? 50th Street. After this audio clip was released a few days later on September 1st, 2012, Amber's remains were found south of the motel she was staying in at Ladunk county the discovery prompted a two-day ground search for the area and while it came days later after the release of the audio recording the rcmp says the two aren't connected the remains were identified by the edmonton medical examiner's office and the rcmp forensic identification service via dental records as a belonging to amber tuckero her cause of death was not released In 2013, the RCMP placed two billboards near where the remains were found, as part of a poster campaign they were conducting at the time. 
One was set up at the intersection of Highway 814 and the airport near Nisku. A year later, on March 20, 2014, Vivian filled an official complaint with the Chair of Communications for public complaints about the Leduc RCMP. The complaint cited numerous issues with the investigation, including the downplaying of Amber's disappearance and the destruction of possible evidence. Vivian felt that she had the right to know certain things regarding the investigation and she had more questions than she had answers. After finding Amber's remains, her family had done a lot involving the memory of Amber. From 2012, when Amber's remains were found, to 2020, they had done the following. In January 2015, the second annual Alyssa Tuckero Amber Memorial Round Dance was held in Fort Chippewa in order to raise awareness about the young woman's murder. It was a healing ceremony for those who attended. In February 2015, Vivian traveled to Ottawa for the first time ever round table into Canada's missing and murdered indigenous women and girls, where she and dozens of families from across Canada met the premiers, representatives from six indigenous organizations and two federal cabinet ministers. In November 2016, the Justice Rally for Stolen Sisters was held in Corinthian Park in honor of the missing women who had been found deceased in Ladung County since 2002. In 2017, the family announced they would be increasing the existing $5,000 reward for information um, helping them in the case. In 2018, an independent federal review based on the complaint Vivian had filled in 2014 found that the RCMP in Ladunk investigations into Amber's disappearance and murder was deficient, confirming the family's beliefs. It was also found that inaccurate information about the case had been released to the media. The review did dispute the family's claims that the issue in the investigations were the result of racial bias, saying no evidence could be uncovered to support such a bias being presented either consciously or subconsciously. In 2019, a formal apology was issued to the family on behalf of the RCMP. I will play a short part of the RCMP's apology. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me today as we gather on Treaty 6 territory, traditional land, and home for many Indigenous people. Before I begin, I want to express my deepest sympathy for your family's loss. Please know that the RCMP remains completely committed to searching for the person responsible for taking Amber from you. I'd like to commend you for the courage to talk about your difficult experiences searching for Amber, your daughter, sister, and mother. Amber was a beloved member of your family and of the community. I fully acknowledge that in the early days of our investigation into Amber's disappearance, that it required a better sense of urgency and care. We agree with the Civilian Review and Complaints Commission that in 2010, our Leduc Detachment's initial missing person investigation was not our best work.
and was not in line with our established practices, procedures and guidelines. Force. Amber's mother, Vivian, had replied to the RCMP's apology. I am now going to be playing that clip. Later, as she sat next to the deputy commissioner, she said she doesn't accept it. The apology doesn't mean anything to me because they did it because they were told to. Soon after, this happened. Sir, you're late for your next appointment. I'm sorry, we're going to have to cut it off. RCMP left the news conference. No, no, I'm just shaking my head that he's leaving. I mean, they're the ones apologizing, but yet they can get up and walk away. What does that say? After Amber's mother Vivian had replied to the apology, Amber's brother had then spoken out about losing a loved one. I will share that clip now. Well, I think for me, I, I just want to say to every family that's out there, you know, that has a lost loved one, you know, that don't think you're alone and because the girls that are missing, you know, we don't know if they're alive or if they're not. But if they're crying or praying, you know, just want them to know that, you know, everybody's thinking about them and to not give up and because the families aren't giving up. But now moving forward, you know, we as families, we need to come together that have, that have experienced it and put our resources together and then, you know, and then we're going to do anything and everything we can to help them because like my mom said earlier, there's a lot of families that don't know what to do or who to go to. Like we're even willing to go with them to the RCP because we know what, we were able through our support services to, uh, we know when you go to the RCP, we know what what, uh, what the process is and stuff like that. And you know, now now we know. And now going forward, that's what, that's what we want to do to help. January 2020, the RCMP announced a male who had contacted the Banff Detachment in December 2019 about a missing person's case in the area had made numerous Facebook posts alleging his father was responsible for Amber's murder, as well as others in Alberta. I will now be sharing a news video discussing the information I've just shared in depth. RCMP are investigating a tip from a man who believes his father was involved in the death of Amber Tuckero. Police confirmed they were investigating after the man made the claim in a widely circulated social media post. It has since been taken down. The man alleged his father may also be involved in a number of other missing persons files, though RCMP say many of those cases have already been solved. Amber Takaro was 20 years old when she disappeared in August 2010. In 2012, police released a chilling cell phone recording between her and an unknown man. It's believed to be the last time anyone heard from her. A week after the audio was released, Takaro's remains were found in Ladue County.
Facebook posts had been removed shortly after being posted. Neither the man nor his father had been identified, and his father has not been named a suspect of interest in the cited case. As of now, Amber's mother has taken up raising Jacob full-time, and she shared that he's so energetic and reminds her of Amber in every way. Vivian has also said that Jacob misses his mother a lot and frequently asks what happened to her. Vivian makes it a point to ensure Amber's story is kept alive. Solving the case has become her second greatest wish, with the first being that Amber is alive.